Hey friends, I have never counted them, but I've heard that the Bible says some form of do not fear 365 times. That is once for every day of the year. I guess it's something we need to pay attention to. I'm Julie Holmquist, and you're listening to Kairos Moments, episode number eight. My guest today, Tiffany Johnson, knows what it's like to be afraid. She also knows how to overcome fear in a practical and a life-giving way. Tiffany is a strong and profound woman of God whose very life defines the word overcomer. On June 2, 2017, while she and her husband were vacationing in the Bahamas, Tiffany suffered a shark attack and lost her right arm. The strength and beauty that the Lord has displayed through Tiffany and her family in the midst of this trial has been a testimony to many. Tiffany is a gifted author, worship leader, and speaker who shares her message of hope, restoration, and a wake-up call for Christians to use the power that God has given us. Hi, Tiffany. Thank you so much for being on the show. You have such a powerful story, and I hope my listeners walk away from this show knowing the power and authority that they also have in Christ to help them become overcomers also. Yeah, thank you for having me, Julie. It's it's an honor. So I am a shark attack survivor um, going on almost three years. This June, it'll be three years. Um, and learning life uh, as a new amputee. Um, I lost my right dominant arm in the attack. And so, you know, I'm a mom of three and, and a wife and a, a career mom. And, and so trying to figure out all of that um, has been a journey for us. God is so, so faithful. And I'm excited to share those pieces with your listeners of, of how God meets us in that place. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the shark attack? I know you were in the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. So we we actually went on a cruise. We are big cruisers and big proponents of investing time into each other. So that's our thing together is cruising. So that was the last stop of our cruise was Nassau, Bahamas. And we went snorkeling there just like any other kind of cruise excursion. Nothing too crazy. Just went out and snorkeled. And then he wasn't feeling well, so we went back to the boat. And I stayed out there because... It only been good 20 minutes or so and snorkeling. Mm-hmm. So I stayed out there in the reef and uh, not, but maybe 10 minutes after he went back to the boat, I felt as if I slammed into something. And when I turned, I was face to face with a shark and he had my whole arm in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And of course, a million thoughts are going through my mind. I started having visions of my kids and you know, it's like my life was starting to flash before my eyes, but the strength of the Lord just, it came out from the inside of me and it gave me the strength to fight. And I remember thinking, no, you will not take my life. I'm not going to die here. And I kind of yanked. And that's when there was just a flurry of motion and you know, I'm screaming through my snorkel tube, but all you really can hear is that, you know, right. and, but I kept yanking and, and I finally had gotten free. I, I yanked and his jaws kind of opened that last time and my arm came out and it was gone. He had mm. it and it was just a mangled stump. And, but the Lord gave me the strength to keep moving. Um, I was already at surface levels. So I just threw off my snorkel mask. I screamed out, help, help me, Jesus. 
and I began to swim back to the boat. But I'm telling you, I felt like that shark was following me, like fear, like mm-hmm. following me. You know, I, I felt as if he was going to grab my leg, grab my side, you know, and I was just, Gosh, yeah. as I was heading back to that boat, um, just, it, it felt like I was in a horror movie, you know, and, and that's what my husband felt as well as he's turned and he looks and there's blood everywhere. And I sees me swimming back and my arms just severed and squirting blood everywhere. I mean, you can just imagine the sight, but, um, we were able to make it back to the boat. He had jumped in the water, kind of helped guide me back. And the captain grabbed my left arm. He kind of, my husband pushed me from behind and, and I landed on that boat and gosh, the peace of the Lord was so evident. It surrounded me like a cloud. I felt mm-hmm. peace. I remember just looking at my husband and I was urgent uh, don't get me wrong, but I never, I wasn't, I wasn't panicked. I never lost consciousness. I wasn't a frantic mess. I just said, get me something to stop the bleeding. And, right. you know, he's frantic. His eyes are like golf balls, you know, trying to grab the, anything. He was looking around and I, I spotted the beach towel the cruise lines give us. And so told him, you know, grab that beach towel. And he begins to try to, you know, wrap up my arm. And I walked him through, you know, how to tourniquet my arm with this bulky beach towel. And of course that's not a, a good tourniquet. That's all we had because there was no med kit on board. So we walked through all of that and I, I laid my head on his lap and I just began to pray as we make our way back to port. We had a good 20 to 30 minutes because we had stopped at Paradise Island. That was a closest shore, but there was no hospital there. So they had to turn the boat around and go the rest of the way to the main port where the cruise was docked. We're estimating about 20 to 30 minutes of just a beach towel sustaining mm-hmm. Which is an amazing miracle in itself because I shouldn't be alive, according to many of medical professionals talking to you. But not only that, like we found out later that I didn't even require a blood transfusion. They said I didn't lose enough blood. Mm, That's amazing. God is just, He was in the midst of uh, of it. Um, And so let me let me ask you a question. What what was your life like? before the shark attack? How was your relationship with God beforehand that you had it within you to carry you through? Do you know what I'm asking? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because actually we, when I share this story, I often make the point that what you put in comes out. Um, And so it's, it is so important to be filling ourselves with God's word and his truth and his promises. Cause even though they may not be for us today, we don't know what we're going to face in the future. And so right. ourselves of those promises is so key. And that's um, my relationship with the Lord was, was strong. You know, I was, um, I, I was raised in the church, although I went through a time in my life where kind of walked away for a little bit, kind of doing that, you know, um, one foot in the church, one foot in the world um, mentality, but came back fully after I'd graduated college and, and really just, I was like, okay, I had to have a come to Jesus moment of like, this is who I want to be. I want to be a Christ follower. I can't do this double dipping thing anymore. And it was like all or nothing at that point. Um, so I've been walking with the Lord closely for a number of years. Um, and you know, being not just going to church, but being a part of serving and, and, um, in leadership in different ways and, you know, really just um, serving in, in whatever capacity I felt like God was asking me to. So in that, you always want to think that you have, you know, a strong faith, but honestly, you you don't know until it's tested. I mean, I get emotional just thinking about that because um, I didn't 
know really what was in me until this all happened and it came out. Um, and I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that the, the times I spent with the Lord before cultivated this closeness with him that, that sustained me in the times I needed it the most. And that he knew that I could handle it. Like that to me just wrecks me because I, if you would have told me, you know, 10 years ago, you're going to go through this and this oh my is gosh, yeah. how you're going to respond there. I would have been like, you're crazy. I can't handle that. But God knew he knew what was in me before I even knew what was in there myself. Yeah. And when the moment hit, that's what enveloped you. Yeah, absolutely. His peace. So Tiffany, tell us a little bit more about that peace because that peace radiated from you and your husband, even to the point where someone accused you of fabricating your story. Yeah. Tell uh, us a little bit about that. Yeah. So God's peace is probably the biggest characteristic that I have come to know him in a deeper way through all of this. In fact, it's been so evident, not only for me and my close family, but like those that have visited our house after everything happened. I have some family members that don't know the Lord that would, that had reached out to me that saw us and made comments about how peaceful it was. So it was evident. It was like the Lord put his cloud of peace upon us, you know? Um, and, and that to me has been, um, gosh, it's been just amazing watching how he's guided and directed that. And, and it was for a lot of reasons, you know, cause when somebody goes through something as significant as, as we have, there's not just the healing process, the physical healing, but it's the, the mental part of it too. And, and it's ongoing, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I, almost three years in and there's still peace that I have to call on because I'll get shook up over something silly, you know, or a reminder of something that takes me back. And it's like, so God's peace is such a a prominent part of this whole journey. And you asked about, you know, the the person that had accused of fabricating, you had it, it was a I don't know, probably a month into everything happening, the media got a hold of the story right away. Like right when we had um, discharged from the hospital, it was like a flurry of media attention and we were kind of ready for it, but not to that scale. Once somebody runs a story, it's on the wire, right? So anybody can pull that and, and grab it. And so there was all kinds of stuff that they were posting that wasn't a direct interview with me, but it was cuts and pieces of things, you know? Mm-hmm. So I have an uncle that Googles, you know, things randomly. And so that was what he would do is like Google, you know, Tiffany Johnson, shark attack survivor, see what new information had popped up. <laughs> and in one of the days that he did that, there was a story that had just hit uh, from fake news story of the day.com. And guess who's was the headline was me. Um, and so he's, reading it and they, you know, were saying that basically the media had taken this and made this story up to put fear into people about sharks and blah, blah, blah. Um, and of course it infuriated him. He shared it with my mom. They're all trying to be quiet about it. They didn't want me to find out because they, you know, they were like trying to protect my mind or whatever, but I was actually upstairs resting and I heard my mom like talking in, I think she was talking to my husband or something. I heard them talking about it and I came downstairs and I'm like, so what are we going to do about it? And they're all like, Oh, <laughs> you know? And, um, and I told them, I'm like, listen, who cares what they, th- we, I know personally what I went through, you know, I, I don't have to have some 
guy trying to tell me what I experienced, but he didn't experience that. So in the end, who really cares, you know? Right. Um, so I tried to, you know, make sure that if they felt like they needed to respond, they responded in love because that they were representing me, you know, and I did not mm -hmm. want it to be misconstrued by any means. If they were trying to defend me, that it was defended with truth and love, you know? Right. And, but that was my response to my, my family. And of course, a bunch of people did respond, um, that knew me and they were very, uh, from what I read, most of them were tactful and, and good about it. Uh, and so I was just going to leave it at that, to be honest, but I, in my quiet time the next day, I really felt like the Lord was like, I need you to respond to that. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to go on there and read all that garbage because I don't want to fill my head full of lies that don't make, I mean, they're, they're right. you know, but I, what I did is I went on and I scrolled all the way down past everything, you know, I didn't read anything. And then I got to the bottom where the comments were. And I just said, I'm Tiffany Johnson, you know, the person that you're talking about, and I would be happy to share the details with you personally, but I can say that everything that has been reported from the media interviews that I have given has been accurate and it come directly from me. And I said, please reach out, you know, for any information that you might need um, to prove that this, this story is indeed truthful and factual. And so he actually reached out to me and we went back and forth and eventually he wrote a retractment article. He apologized. And the biggest thing that stood out for me of that whole situation was he mentioned to me in one of the email exchanges that the reason why he even looked at this story as a potential like fake news story was because there was a picture of me that was released um, of me um, exiting the hospital. And I had this enormous like um, casting on my arm. It looked like a club and I'm in a wheelchair and my husband's next to me and we both have this smile on our face of like, joy, you know, and he's like, there, I just thought to myself, there's no way that she can smile like that after going through what she went through. And that was why he like initially went with the story and started creating the story was because of that picture. And then did you get to explain why there was joy? Why would there was peace? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was an opportunity for me. Oh to yeah. Then, you know, and so yeah email, I was like, well, the, the awesome thing about God's joy is it is not dependent on our circumstance. We can have joy despite the, the lowest of lows that we're in, because that's God's promise for us. And that's what I was clinging to and what I still cling to. And I, and I kind of just explained to him that just because something looks the way it is, doesn't always mean that that's where we have to live. It's okay not to be okay. But when you have the Lord, there's a new hope in that, um, mm -hmm. able to, to share that with him. And I don't know, you know, what he took out of that, but I did my part in sowing the seed. And I just think that that was exactly why God wanted me to reach out. It wasn't maybe even for the retractment article. Maybe it was, but I think his heart was to show this guy, like I'm God and I can go beyond what you even think, you know? Right. Um, and wow, that's just, it, it was just another awesome opportunity that God provided in the middle of all this craziness. Right. Um, I mean, it just happened like what days before? Yeah. So it, well, this article hit like, I don't know, maybe a month after it happened. Okay. Yeah. So Tiffany, even though there was peace and joy when you were released from the hospital, it's not like your life has just been hunky dory and perfect after that 
moment, but it's been a process for you, right? Absolutely. Yes. And I think that that's the part where sometimes it's hard to appreciate the process because it's not fun. You know, we don't, we want to be at the end. We don't want to go through all the tough stuff. Right. And I'm no different than anybody else. I didn't want to go through all that either. And so there were definite times and still times, because let's be honest, I'm still on the process. (laughs) Um, I'm better than I was, but it's still, um, there's still days where I struggle and it's not despising that process because I can see God cultivating and using it and using it in that way or looking at, at it through that lens is so important. It really shifts everything when you look at it from that perspective of, okay, yes, this is not fun. Yes, it hurts. Yes, you know, um, it is hard. And there are times when I'm going to have lows and there's times when I'm going to doubt and there's times when I'm frustrated and there's times when I'm angry and, you know, all of those things. Yes. But seeing that in the end, God is who he says he is. He is faithful and look at what he has done along the way. Mm-hmm. It's to my mess. He has been beautifying it along the way. And if you stop to really look at it and appreciate that, man, it shifts everything. And then when you do have those moments of frustration, anger, stress, whatever, they don't linger because you can remind yourself, but look at what God has done. And right. that's what I chose to do throughout the process. And it got easier and easier as time got went by because I began to reflect on not the bad and the feelings and the, the bad part of it all. It was what is the good parts of this and, you know, shifting my perspective to look at it that way. And for me, it was super easy at the beginning to think that way initially because I was alive and I wasn't supposed to be right. So like, yeah, it was what I clung to at the beginning was like, okay, who cares in the long run because I'm alive. Right. And, but then it became even more than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm alive, but now look at the ways he's using every single piece. Nothing has been wasted. And mm. that's good my God is. And I think a lot of times we have a testimony to share and it's like, oh, okay. You know, you go from light or dark to light, but you have a testimony as we all do. It's a process and it's glory to glory each day, right? Yes. Yes. Your revelation of nothing would be wasted, right? Yeah. That changed everything because you started looking at it as an opportunity to share Jesus instead of the struggle that you were overwhelmed with. On my end, and having just met you in person just a few weeks ago, I can see how God has taken you by the hand and, you know, each step of the way he's kind of made it known what to do, including you didn't tell your kids about exactly about what happened or the details of it because you didn't want them to operate in fear. And then when God said to tell them it was time, that's what you did. Yeah. And that's really been just the, like I said before, I have not had a plan B in this, right? I didn't expect this to happen. And so um, I've really had to trust the Lord in all things And uh, I thought that I had a trust in the Lord before, but gosh, it was nothing compared to this Um, because everything we've done now is different. Everything is new. Everything is, you know, trying to navigate what life looks like in this new normal. And sometimes we throw out that trust in the Lord as a cliche, like, oh, just trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? You know, what does that tangibility look like? 
Yeah. Practically uh, speaking, how do we trust the Lord? Yeah. And so what I've been doing um, to exercise that trust is, is spending time daily with him. I know that is pretty simple, but it is profound because the more that we take time in our day to sit down, read a couple chapters or read a couple verses, you know, journal some thoughts, um, pray about those things, uh, pray about what's on our heart, pray about the things around us, you know, communicating with the Lord. Those times are critical in building our trust in him. And what I've learned too is I'm not a big journaler. I should be, um, especially all of that we've been through. Um, I've tried to get a little better, but honestly, I'm just not great at it. Um, but I've been trying to write down my prayers. Um, mm-hmm. in the list of things that I'm believing for, believing for people around me, you know, people that have asked me, I try to, so one that keeps me accountable for making sure I'm praying for the things that I know that I said I was going to, or that's heavy on my heart. But also what it has done is I've flipped back and I've seen, you know, six months ago I was writing this and I'm like, Oh my gosh, God answered that. And I didn't, yes. you know, like, yes. uh, but it's a reminder of that faithfulness in him. And that builds our trust when we can see his faithfulness right in front of us, you know? And I think that it's just those little pieces that we, when we cultivate our relationship with him and we're, we're intentional about it, we start to understand his heart and his character. And in that really is where the trust starts. Cause if you think about your relationship with your significant other or your best friend or whatever, if you only talk to him once a week, uh, you know, for an hour, <laughs> There's not much of a relationship there, right? I mean, how are you supposed to trust somebody that you don't barely even know, right? Right. I had a situation when I was dating my husband. Right. And we went swimming uh, with my family. We were camping. My husband, my boyfriend at the time, was asking me to come out into the, a little further into the river. And I was a little afraid because the current was really strong. And I said, no, I think I'm just going to stay out back here. Well, then my brother was out there and he's like, come on, Julie. It wasn't like immediately, but he was like, come on, Julie, come out here. It's so much fun. And I went out there and my husband, my boyfriend at the time was asking me, I don't understand that, you know? And it's because I had a history yeah. of a relationship with my brother. Whereas with my boyfriend at the time, we had only been dating a few months and that's how God is. We need to spend that time with him. So it builds that trust. And then, Absolutely. so when we do need it, it can trust his goodness because he's shown us now seeing God in the process, there's a process of learning how to trust him. How does that translate into how, okay, we're sitting at our quiet time and we trust God and all that. How does that translate into us walking out our everyday lives with the authority that we have in him? Great question. I think that it's going to look a little different for everybody's walk because everybody's journey and their relationship with the Lord is going to be at different levels. And so I want to preface that with that, but how it looks for me is as I know God's character, I can start to see him rightly. And I think that that's the, the place where we have to build down maybe wrong thinking. And that's why it's important to spend time in the word to really understand who God is. We may have had experiences that tried to dictate who God is in our life. And it was contradictory to actually his character. And so we might be seeing him wrongly, you know, Mm -hmm. 
So it's good to align ourselves with what the word of the Lord says who he is. And then when you get a grasp of that, you start to see yourself, you know, the way God sees you. And I think that's the transition that sometimes gets lost because we may think, oh, God is good, but I'm not good, you know? And so it's trying to, or God is, God is peace, but I don't feel peace and I can't have that. But it's understanding God's character is there because he loves us enough to say, Hey, if I have this, I'm going to share it with you. And it says it in so many places in his word that he wants us to be like him. Well, what does that look like? It's because when God, God's character is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, you know, all these fruits and then all these other attributes as well. If he is that and he wants us to be like him, then guess what? We can have it too. Um, So I think it's just understanding that. Um, and what I've been doing and, and I still do is I'll, I'll grab a few verses, you know, that I'm struggling with, maybe, you know, maybe it's fear right now that I'm struggling with. So I'll I'll grab, I'll Google verses on fear, you know, and I'll look up some verses that really stand out to me. I'll look up the context, the chapter it's in to make sure it makes sense, you know, and then I'll post that verse, you know, on my mirror or, you know, for me, my office is like, you know, where everything sits. So I'll put it on my bulletin board in my office or do something where I'm seeing it regularly. And I say that thing out loud. Mm. That is so powerful because it reminds me every time, you know, this is truth. What I'm feeling right now might not be true, but this, I can align myself to this. And it shifts our perspective. And then we start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And that's when the authority piece comes in because we can start walking in authority because when something comes our way, like fear, we're like, eh, I don't need this walk in fear because 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, I don't have a spirit of fear. God's given me power, love, and a sound mind. And you know right away how to combat that because you've been working on it every day. Right. There's a scripture that I found, I don't know how long ago, but it's Romans 12, 3. And in the message, it says, the only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. And so so you're right. We have to see, we have to be able to see God rightly in the process in order for us to walk out our true authority. Yeah, absolutely. And what we say matters, you know, in Proverbs, um, the message translation says uh, words give life or their death and you choose, you know, and we have a choice on whether we're going to speak life or we're going to speak death into our situation. And so that's why I think it's so powerful to post, you know, a verse and really speak it out loud and get it in you and speak it because that's where life is you know, life and death is in the power of our, of our tongue. And so, um, it's, I believe that 110%, but for like, where, where do you think there's a place for venting? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not a a wine fest, you know, like when everything's bad, but my husband will let me talk. And then after I've said it, he's, then he's like, okay, now what's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think in you bring up such a great point because I think, um, a lot of times when people hear this type of message, they're like, okay, that's fine and dandy, but it doesn't change how I feel right now. <laughs> you know, not mm-hmm. 
hear me. And God doesn't want us to bottle up those feelings there. That's not, he doesn't want us to be fake and, you know, fake until you make it type mentality. No, that's not, God wants that trueness. And, and so that's going to, if you read the Psalms, I mean, David was a mess. I mean, he was mm-hmm. <laughs> verses of just, you know, crying out and saying how wretched he is and his life is. And then the, you know, three verses later, he's like, and God, you know, he saved me. And he's True. like, all of a sudden this whole new perspective. That's what our walk looks like. We have to be vulnerable with the Lord. And I think that's the key place where we vent is to the Lord. Now I'm, I do, I'm a big proponent in finding that, um, that confidant that God has placed in our lives, you know, for you, you said it's your husband, that's the same for me, but you might have a best friend or somebody that is walking with the Lord, um, that can be that confidant where you can say, you know, listen, this is my heart right now and I'm struggling. You need that. You know, you need that, that accountability in Christ. That's, that's very biblical as well. Um, but I think where you really need to vent everything is to the Lord. And, and Job is a perfect example of that. Oh yeah. Job did not, he did not, um, speak wrongly about the Lord to anybody, but to the Lord himself. Mm, when he was upset, he took it straight to the Lord and he said, God, I don't understand you. You you feel unfair. You feel this, you feel that he didn't go and talk to everybody else about how that was making him feel, but he talked to God directly. And it reminds me of like how we're supposed to, you know, in the like corporate world, you know, they always give you like these classes of like how you conflict resolution. You're not supposed to just sweep it on the rug and go talk to somebody else about it. Like we know that, but why don't we translate that in our walk with the Lord? And I think that that's so important is when we have a, when we have an issue with God, let's take it right straight to who we have an issue with, you know, and speak to him about what's on our heart. Speak to him about how you feel. What are those depths of, you know, he already knows it. So it's not going to be a shock to him. He's not going to be like, oh my gosh, you feel that way? You know? <laughs> he knows our heart. And so, um, and, but for us to really speak it out, it's such a healing process. And then we can let him take it and cultivate it and align it to his word. And then, like you said, what your husband says, okay, now what's really true. This is how you're feeling, but let's, let's evaluate, like, is that really truth? And, and how can we align ourselves to that way? Right. And, and let's go to our thoughts. You know, we, we speak words, but a lot of them originate in our thoughts. Yes. And there again, we have to fill our minds with the truth of who who he is and who he says we are. Otherwise that is just what's going to come out. Absolutely. And that's where the battlefield is, is your mind. And so, you know, the the word says to take the thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That is the epitome of, of what we have to do, you know, several times a day. The thought itself is not sin, but when we sit there and entertain it and we let it take residence in our mind and we start going down that rabbit hole, that's when we can get into some dangerous places. And so when we have the thought, it's recognizing it and saying, okay, I feel this way. I had this thought, but God, I know that you're not that way. And I'm going to speak out truth right now to that. Yeah. I think Satan likes to paint caricatures Mm. of who he wants us to believe God is. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Tiffany, speaking about our thoughts, how powerful our thoughts are. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about the prosthetic experience that you've had? Yeah. Um, boy, it's been a journey of learning that. Um, 
So I have a prosthetic arm that is state of the art and it just slides on my arm and I have these sensors that are built into the prosthetic, not my arm. There's nothing implanted in my arm. And the sensors are aligning to where I had surgery and they move some of my nerves to a cluster on either side of my arm. And the sensors are laying against that part of my, my arm. And so when I think open hand, close hand, turn my wrist left, turn my wrist right, it sends signals down my arm through my nerves because our nerves are like live wires. And that prosthetic learns the pattern at which those signals are happening. So when I make a, a, a closed fist thought, it recognizes, oh, that's that pattern. That means closed fist. So then the prosthetic closes its fist. And so it is so crazy. Um, like I can sit here and think, open, close, you know, rotate my wrist. And it responds to my thoughts just on how the Lord has made our bodies. So <laughs> if that's not a revelation how powerful our thoughts are. I don't know what is. <laughs> I remember when you told me that when we met and I was like floored. That is how powerful our thoughts are and how careful we need to be with what we allow ourselves to think. Like you said, that first thought isn't necessarily sin. Yeah. But if we keep going down that path, it's like it creates that that rut that we stay in. Yep, absolutely. And and how it can be used the right way, you know, our thoughts can be um, powerful in the right way, and it can also be damaging, you know, so it's, it's knowing the power behind them, and, and what an amazing just way that the Lord has made our bodies that I can operate something that isn't even there anymore, you know, it's, it, that just, it, it's crazy to me, I actually met somebody through the amputee clinic that she was born with um, an arm that wasn't fully developed. It's, it's about actually the same length as mine and she operates the same prosthetic. So she's never even had her right arm yet. She can control that with her mind. I mean, that's mm. me away. Yeah. 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 But how intricate the Lord has made our bodies and how uh, everything is connected. I mean, that's just uh, proof that we serve a God that is just in the details. So Tiffany, tell us a little bit about um, what life is like for you as an amputee? Were you up for the challenge right away or, or what? Tell us a little bit about that. It's been a, a journey of evolution in that. <laughs> so I'm very independent by nature. Um, that's how the Lord wired me. And so at first it was very difficult for me to ask for help, not because I was trying to be too proud, but I just wanted to do it myself. Like I wanted to prove, you know, I can still do this. And that was not always the right decision. And so that, that was a big thing that I had to kind of overcome was like, it's okay to ask for help. Um, it's okay to admit that I can't do this mm -hmm. and being vulnerable in that. Like that was a process that, that the Lord had to take me through being that it was my dominant arm that I lost. I think that that just added another element of frustration because not only am I one-handed, but now I'm trying to do everything with my left hand, which is not what I was used to anyway. And so it was, it was a process to learn everything. You know, I, I didn't realize how much was impacted until I started, like well, got out of the hospital and I started to kind of start to get back to that normalcy. And it, it felt like everything I did was new. And I'm like, okay, now how do I do this? How do I open up a bottle of water? 
how do I, you know, cook, <laughs> how, mm-hmm. do I, you know, how do I brush my teeth? How do I put on makeup? How do I do my hair? How do I do my kids' hair? How do I tie my shoes? I mean, I could go on and on. How do I get dressed? Like, it's just everything. And at first it was like, sometimes I would just get overwhelmed. Like I remember in the hospital when it kind of all hit me, when I was trying to wash my hand and I couldn't get the backside of my hand. And I'm like, what in the world? This is, I even do this. You know, I just kind of got overwhelmed and God is just so good in, in, bring me a husband that has supported me, um, and been just a rock. And so in that moment in the hospital, he came over to me, he gave me a big hug and he's like, listen, we're going to be okay. We just got to figure out what this new normal looks like. Mm-hmm. And that to me was just profound and it has stuck with us. Like we keep using that phrase over and over again, we're just creating our new normal, you know? And that's really what it has been. It's been just God helping us navigate what this looks like. It's not been easy. Um, some things have felt like, okay, I've got this, you know? And then the minute I think I get it, you know, I go on a trip by myself and I realize I can't unzip the back of my dress, you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. shoot, <laughs> you know? And so it's just things that you don't even think about um, because I had been with my husband the whole time that I needed that. And then when I'm by myself, new things come up and almost three years in and there's still times every once in a while that I haven't done something in that three years and it'll come up and I'm like, Oh, well, shoot, you know, how do I do this now? And so it's, it's, it's a constant learning and um, that can be, um, it can be weighty, but um, again, it's, it's anchoring myself in, in the truth of who he is and not letting that, um, the mindset of, of being overwhelmed, control everything. Cause that would shut me down, you know, and I, and I certainly can't operate well, um, if I'm clouded with being overwhelmed. And so I just need to focus on the things that I can do. And that's the, that's the thing that's kind of got me through those, those early stages was okay. In the end, I can't tie my shoes right now. That's okay. I'll just wear shoes that, you know, Tom's are very popular. I'll just, mm-hmm. You know, like, (laughs) like I just started avoiding the things that were frustrating me at first until I could take them on, you know, and now I have a prosthetic hook. I just got at Christmas time this past Christmas that helps me with fine motor skills. It's a little more geared towards those kind of things. And I can tie my shoes literally probably quicker than I did before. (laughs) Um, And so it's like, you know, sometimes you have to take those bite-sized pieces and understanding your limitations. And that's what, yes. it, it was a process for me. And now you can curl your hair. You were talking yes. about. Yes. Yes. And that <laughs> that's was important. huge for yes. me. I mean, gosh, <laughs> you know, you don't think about like, I'm not, I've never been one of those people that um, has been obsessed with looking a certain way, but I want to be presentable. And gosh, it's been so boring and doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm like, I never really would have thought that I would crave curling my hair like I have. Right, right. When you can't do it, it's like, it almost feels like this inadequacy. And I've had to, that's another barrier that I had to overcome was feeling less than because I couldn't do something. Mm. And, um, and I had to give that to the Lord and especially in the role of a mother, because I was so used to doing everything and being that super mom, you know, type and being okay with having my daughter help me with things that she hadn't before. I mean, that's good building her character too, yes. but I had to like really let go and let my husband do a lot of things that, you know, like he does their hair, you know, 90% of the time. And if 
I do it, we're usually doing it together. So he's, um, he is like the sole person, you know, that's the mm-hmm. doing their hair. And I had to be okay with that, you know? And, um, so that was, it's just a transition in our, in our thinking and the way that we operate day to day. How old were your kids when all of this happened? So my oldest was six, about to be seven. And my youngest was one. She turned two the next week. So she was still in diapers. And so that's why you mentioned us not telling them right away. That was why, because we had a a six, five and one year old. And Mm -hmm. that it was hard for them to even wrap around the fact that my arm was missing, let alone take in all those details. And God was very gracious in giving us that insight ahead of it. And, you know, knowing that that would be too overwhelming for them. And um, so I'm so thankful that, you know, he gave us that wisdom ahead of that. And we, we listened to him and, and, and let that process play out the way it did and telling them much later. But that was very difficult because they're still very dependent on their mother, you know, especially my youngest, she was one, you know, she's still, right. um, and, and, you know, she'll never remember me any different. Um, and so that, that part was a little hard for me too. Like I, I get kind of emotional. Like she, she would not know, she doesn't know me any other way. And, uh, um, but then I'm like, but that just shows how good my God is, you yes. know, that God is, it could be that she didn't know me at all. Cause I could not be here. Right. Um, and so that's the part that wrecks me when I think about it. Cause I'm like, in the end, what really does matter? And it's kind of calibrating ourselves to that. Yeah. So good. So your ministry is be an overcomer. And my husband and I have tried to surround our, our boys with people who have had to overcome something. Like my husband is a mountain biker and we went, we've wanted to go see a Paralympic. Um, people who don't have legs and, but yet they're riding their bikes with their hands, you know, yeah. and not just to kind of exploit their situation but just to cheer them on and just, you know, like when my son says, but I can't, I'm like, Mm -hmm. but you really, you can do all things through Christ, hun. He gives you the strength. And so I just love you, Tiffany. Um, When we met, I just felt that instant connection. I love your ministry. I love, I just love your story. And I know it's not, it's not been all roses and cupcakes and all of that, but girl, you have such a good attitude. And I know a lot of that is from the the strong, the strength of the Lord, but also the strong backbone of your husband. Yeah, absolutely. And thankful for him and all he's, you know, because I think we talked that some marriages don't make it after tragedy, trauma like that happens. So thankful. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. So that, that's brought me to tears uh, more than once. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Man that God has placed by my side. He is amazing. And and, and I'm so thankful for him and just giving me a partner in all this, you know, our heart in this ministry is to really just equip people with knowing who they are in Christ. And Mm -hmm. no matter what we face in life, we have to understand that in order to overcome. And it can be small, little things, or it can be big, huge, monstrous things. But in the end, if we don't know who we are in Christ, it's hard to overcome anything. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And I am going to just keep my eye on you, girl. 
<laughs> uh, well, thank you. It's been an honor getting to know you. And I know that God has connected us for a reason. So I'm thankful for that. So friends, you heard Tiffany share her Kairos moment and how she responded. I want to ask you, are you an overcomer? Are you living life in the knowledge that you are? We know we will all encounter something hard in our lives. The Bible tells us that. But how will we respond when those hard times come? Will we be stuck and paralyzed in fear? Or will we take God at his word? Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. It's through him that we are overcomers. I know you'll want to connect with Tiffany and keep up on any speaking events she has coming up. I'll include Tiffany's website and all of her social media handles in the show notes. Would you take a minute to rate and to leave a review on the podcast? And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Remember, amazing transformation and radical growth happens when we not only recognize what God is saying or doing in our lives, but we respond to it. See you next time. 